Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Welcome back. Let's continue uh, in our study in 1 Thessalonians. And uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying, I hope you are as well, just spending a few minutes each day looking at this uh, very early letter written by the Apostle Paul to the first European church, which he had planted in about AD 49, now AD 50, 51. He's writing this letter. It's it's the second letter that we have in our New Testament from the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's a very early formulation of Christian doctrine uh, from the Apostle. Uh, and in chapter one here, we have these amazing summaries of what the Christian faith is. We've looked at things like how it is involving faith, hope and love. And we've looked uh, yesterday at how the Christian faith is turning away from, uh, turning away from idols. It's it's serving the true and living God as opposed to those dead and false idols. We serve the true and living God. And then thirdly, it is about waiting, waiting for God's saviour from heaven. But these, um, op- this opening chapter is, is full of these beautiful summaries of the Christian faith. And in actual fact, you may be familiar with the uh, term ichthus, you know, the, the sign of the fish. People have these very annoying signs on the back of their cars, uh, which means if you drive badly and then, you know, someone knows you're a Christian, it it doesn't really help your reputation or God's reputation. But um, nevertheless, the um, uh, the the sign Ichthus actually was a genuine uh, symbol that the early Christians used first in the second century, but mainly especially in the third and fourth century when the Romans were persecuting the Christians. It was a kind of secret symbol, secret sign. And Ichthus um, spelt in the Koine Greek the word fish, but uh, was also an acronym. And it was an acronym for uh, Jesus Christ, uh, God's son, saviour. So those letters there, Jesus Christ, God's son, saviour, with the Greek letters spelt the word Ichthus and became a sign. And we find in this first chapter that actually all of those concepts, Jesus, we find it here in verse nine. Uh, he's referred to as Jesus, emphasizing his humanity. Christ, of course, the anointed one, uh, back in chapter one and verse one, speaks about Jesus Christ. Uh, God's son, here in verses nine and ten uh, in chapter one, which we're focusing on this morning, it speaks about uh, the God's son who will come from heaven. So God's son and then also saviour, that he will rescue us from the coming wrath. And so let's just read verses nine and 10 again. It tells us that um, they themselves report what kind of message reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God uh, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So as I say, that summary there of turning Uh, from idols to serve God and to wait for his son from heaven. Yesterday we just spent a little bit more time thinking about this whole issue of turning, which was a technical phrase for conversion really used in the book of Acts especially, turning from 
idols. And Kate posted a really helpful article after that, my wife, which um, you, hopefully you can see. Uh, but it speaks about how the, uh, idolatry is alive and well today. People are, their hearts are idol factories. We are continually looking for things to save us, to rescue us, to give us meaning, to give us fulfillment, to give us purpose, to keep us safe. And these idols are actually our idol, our hearts are idol factories that produce these things. In that article, it lists six, for example, for example, identity, uh, sex, consumerism, uh, entertainment. And one of the most scary ones in that list was uh, mobile phones, which apparently mo uh, smartphone addiction is a big thing. Uh, I think Kate was trying to give me a message when she sent that. Um, but uh, that we can let anything, anything, even good things can actually supplant the place of God in our hearts. And rather than him being the Lord, the one that we trust in, we're actually looking to these things to rescue us. Now, if we put them in the right place in our lives, they can be a benefit to us, some of those things. But they have to be in the right place rather than in the primary place within our lives. And so we need to be willing to put the axe to the root of anything that would be idolatrous in our lives, that would have a stronghold in our lives. And those things might be, um, in some cultures, superstitious things, but in other cultures, they might appear to be more sophisticated things, but all of them are actually suspect and cause destruction in the end. I remember when I was a young lad and we lived in South Africa and um, we had this guy uh, called Dordy. And um, one day we were driving home and we came down the drive and uh, Dordy was just lying on the ground on the driveway, writhing in pain, in agony, saying that he was going to die. And uh, my mom was like, what's the matter? What's happened to you? And he said, I'm going to die. The witch doctor put a spell on me. And so I I'm cursed. I'm going to die. And uh, my mom had to help him. Oh, it's OK. You're OK. You're all right. And he was OK, of course. He came, came to his senses and came out of it and he was all right. But but, you know, we can fear things and and actually we can have we can laugh at that example. But there are idols that we have that are actually just as powerless, just as useless just as senseless and pathetic, and yet actually we put our trust in them. We think that they can save us. We think they can satisfy us, whereas they actually can't. Uh, and so we need to be willing to put the axe to them. You may have heard of the story of the missionary Boniface. His name was Boniface, the missionary, and he went to Germany, to the region of Hesse. And in 700, around 730 uh, AD, uh, Boniface uh, took an axe and put it to the roots of a big oak tree. The oak tree was called the Oak of Thor. And uh, the Germanic people at the time were a pagan people. And they they kind of made sacrifices to trees and they worshipped uh, with all these superstitious practices and so on. And uh, Boniface, uh, in front of all these people watching him, took this axe and and felled the oak of Thor, uh, and everyone's like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" Then uh, nothing happened. It was it didn't do anything, uh, and and that was kind of part of the beginning of the conversion of the Germanic people to Christ. And and when people see that these idols are useless, uh, and see that Jesus is alive and God is the true and living God then they, they will have confidence to walk away from these strongholds and these things that actually 
uh, have a grip on them. I love what it says in Jeremiah. Obviously, the Old Testament regularly speaks about the power or the powerlessness of idols in contrast to God. And so, for example, in Jeremiah 10, it speaks about how idols are like a scarecrow in a cucumber field. They are they can't speak. They have to be carried. They can't walk. They can't do us any harm. They can't do us any good. We don't need to fear them. He says in Jeremiah chapter 10, he goes on to say that in contrast, God is the living God. He is the true God. He is the eternal king. And he's the one that we should fear and tremble before. And so he contrasts uh, at the end of that chapter, how these idols are worthless objects of mockery. And yet God is the portion of Jacob and he is not like these idols. He is the maker of all things, including Israel, the people of his inheritance. The Lord Almighty is his name. He's the one that we should trust. Folks, put an axe to anything that might try to be um, something that you feel, something you live for. You think, oh, I can't stop doing that because what would happen if I didn't? What if I broke that relationship? What if I gave that money? What if I changed my life? Oh no, what would happen to me? Uh, well, actually nothing would happen because if you're doing what God's asking you to do, you can trust him because he's the true and living God. And we can turn from idols, but it's not just that we turn away from something, we turn so that we can serve the true and living God. There is a double liberation that comes. We get free from slavery to the fear of things that are worthless, and we now come into the freedom of the sons of God, that we can serve the true and living God. And in serving him, we find true freedom. In serving him, we find true liberation because he brings life and power to us. And so let us today be ready to serve the true and living God who brings reward, who brings hope, who brings help to us when we turn and trust in him as opposed to those false strongholds that bring nothing to us. So let's just pray as we finish. And Lord, we do ask you today that you would be with each one of us, that you would help us to put aside anything that uh, has a wrong place in our hearts and lives. And Lord, to put you as Lord over everything, to trust you. You're the one who rescues us from the coming wrath. You're the one who's risen from the dead. You're the one who we want to follow. And so we ask you that today you'd help us, Lord, to break, to put the axe to anything that would hinder our trusting fully and wholeheartedly in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.